Hello and welcome back to the Apprentice One to One podcast. I'm your host, Mark, and I have another guest with me this week. It's Kyle Gamble. How are you, Kyle? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Cheers for taking the time to, to come and join me and have a little chat about your background as an electrician. So Kyle runs a company called KG Electrical Contractors, and he has also invented an awesome product, which we're going to speak about later on in this podcast. Before we get into all of that, there is some exciting news that has been released by TESP, so the Electrical Skills Partnership, around some royal accreditation for the new Electrician's Apprenticeship Standard. I think it's really exciting and something we should be celebrating as industry. So the six standards been chosen to commemorate the Queen's, uh, sorry, the King's coronation. And as part of that, they've picked out the electrician standard as a driving force behind the net zero targets and kind of in line with King Charles's views on the environment and things, it seems a fitting attainment for us as an electrical industry. So if you've not seen that, I'll drop a link in the description alongside this podcast and you can go and check it out. So Kyle, how are you first and foremost? You're doing well? Yeah, all good. Thank you. All good. Nice and uh, chaotic as it always is running a business. Yeah, sure. I can appreciate it from this end as well. It's gone mad in the world of electrical contracting, I think. So what, what sector are you you working in right now? What's your, your day-to-day look like? Our day-to-day is mainly domestic work um, in people's houses, but mainly their gardens is our area of specialism. So uh, we do a lot of garden lighting installs. Um, and some of that ventures into commercial as well and, and into commercial spaces in their garden lighting Um, it's becoming a massive massive thing okay cool that's um it's interesting to hear that you specialized into the the landscape gardening world of things but i guess there's a a big demand there with people living more outdoors i guess did covid drive that did you see a big growth period through the course of everyone being in the gardens oh massive um i think we put in 50 60 uh hot tub supplies just through covid everyone was having a hot tub and I think we've probably taken about 15, 20 of them back out because people haven't used them for the last two years. No, and they're not cheap to keep warm anymore, are they? That's the problem. No, not in the slightest. But uh, it was very much one of those of, yeah, everyone thought about their garden because they wanted to be able to socialise. Um, so they've got hot tub supplies they, and then garden lighting. And as well, everyone's getting these big bifold doors in the back of the house so then yeah. they can see their garden. But actually, no one wants to sit by the bifold doors because it's dark. Yes. So nice ambient light, lights up the edge of the garden. You just feel a bit more secure. Of course you do. And it, it sounds like you've had quite a rapid rise through for qualifying as an electrician to earning your own business. I was having a nursery through your LinkedIn profile before we jumped on this podcast. And it sounds like you went straight from apprenticeship to business owner. So how did that all play out for you? Um, it wasn't necessarily planned. Let's put it that way. Um, it's one of those things I always wanted to run my own business. Um, but... I got my qualified, I got qualified, got my papers. And the day that I got my papers, I got told, oh, we're making you redundant. So I was like, oh, great. Well, Bad timing. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that had a lot to do with the um, money for apprentices running out and having to pay me my full wage. But uh, that's how they run the business. So we'll leave them to that. Um, but yeah, I was still living at home with my parents at the time. My mum turned around to me and said, you always wanted to run your own business, so go for it. Whilst you don't make money, you don't pay rent. When you do make money, I'm up in your rent. So, Fair play. <laughs> that's it. And uh, yeah, it worked well. We were there for working at my mum's house. Uh, and then I got a garden shed, turned that into an office. 
took over their garage. It's the most organised domestic garage you would have ever seen with racking everywhere and things like that. And then uh, last November, we managed to get this uh, space that I'm in now. So I've got a proper unit. Awesome. So that started back in 2011, I think, from I'm looking. So you're kind of 12 years or so in now. That's it. Yeah. And and how many members of staff have you got at, at KG? Uh, at the moment, there are one, two, three, five. So it's very much an up and down game with that. Um, when we were younger, we just we got so much work from a re- from our reputation, and I got too big, too quick. We have no structure. Um, so it was just chaos and hemorrhaging money and all sorts like that. And then shrunk it all the way back down, put the structure in place and now steady growth. That tends to be how it goes for a lot of us as electricians. I've got those battle scars as well. No one teaches us business, do they really? And you learn from your mistakes. And sometimes you've got to take a few steps backwards to then go forwards again. So I, I totally resonate with that experience you've had as well. That's it. It's one of those now that when people start mucking around uh, with money and payments and things like that, I've got a nice big um, number printed above my desk so that next time someone mucks around with money, instead of me going, oh, I'm sure it'll be all right. I just look at that figure of that's all money that's owed and people have just gone, no, I'm not paying you. And uh, yeah, so make sure that we deal with the right people and get rid of the clients that we don't want. I don't want to be adding to that figure that's owed to me and never going to be obtained we all carry that around with us as business owners as sad as that is we all have those experiences but without without making it it too negative talking about those as awful as it is it is um, an important aspect of growing as a business you've now learned those lessons and you're you're thriving at kg from the sounds of it you found a niche specialist area to go off and work in and as part of your experience as an electrician you've also invented an awesome product so do you want to tell us a bit about that yeah, so yeah, that's exactly it. We found our nice niche, um, which is really good. And yeah, the battle scars have proven everything. Um, but in terms of the product, uh, it's really, I had a client um, that, as most clients do, they do everything the wrong way around. Um, he got his whole house decorated and then turned around to me and goes, I've just had it all decorated. Um, it looks lovely, apart from the lighting now is a bit rubbish. Um, and he had downlights throughout his house. Um, it's a lovely big house in London. Um, so he had like 300 odd downlights. He said to me, I want you to improve the lighting. And that's the best way to do that. Swap them all out for LED and then um, we can go from there. I said, great. I've just paid 40 grand to have the house decorated. So uh, you could do it as long as you don't muck up the decorating. No uh, pressure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so as you'd expect, they had the old halogen downlights, which aren't fire aid, tiny little hole and new LED downlights needed a bigger hole. And I was after a tool that could perfectly and sanely um, widen this without mucking up the decorating. Um, you could do it with a pad saw, take forever with 300 downlights, and there's no guarantee you're not going to muck it up. So I set about hunting online for an arbor that's designed to hold two hole saws and couldn't find one. So set about trying to make one. Um, um, so how does that work? Is that you in in the garage trying to put things together or are you using a, a tool shop that you know? How do you even start that process? Um, I had the idea in my head, drew out a sketch and then approached um, lots of engineering companies to say, are you able to build this? Um, lots came back and said no. 
uh, lots came back with ridiculous prices. And considering this was just an idea I had in my head, I was just starting my business. I didn't have thousands upon thousands to uh, spend for someone to make me one prototype and then tell me, oh, I need you to take a millimetre off this. It's another few thousand. But uh, through running my business, it actually helped everything because uh, at the time I was part of BNI, which is a business networking uh, organisation. Um, and within that organization, there's lots of people that uh, the way they sort of work it is that everyone helps everyone in the, in terms of members. So uh, through their online thing, I found a guy up probably about a good hour and a half away from me um, running a small manufacturing and engineering business. And he was more than interested in helping design nice. my prototype. Um, and yeah, so basically from that, I then used that to uh, to do the job. And after that, I um, I luckily bumped into the owners of Professional Electrician Magazine at Hamerville Media Group. Okay. And um, I said to them, this is what I've got. Do you know what I can do with it? Um, and they said, yep, we know the perfect person to speak to. And um, they put me in touch with the guys at Superrod. And that's where you are now. So where did, when did this all kind of start? Is this early on in your career as an electrician or did this come later on when did you actually invent this so uh it's been an ongoing thing it, i would say i've probably had it for about five or six years uh going um so we had the original duoxim arbor that uh got released about five six years ago and coming out very shortly uh or out now this one here that's it the duoxim arbor max so that is brilliant in that it ha allows you to have your a1 and a2 arbors on it so whereas before it was widening any hole that was 32 mil and above because they had the a2 arbor this one you can do any size hole doesn't matter what it's what size it is um, so i mean i guess the smaller one comes into its own with things like garden lighting i suppose with some of the small deck lights and stuff exactly that it comes into its own for that it comes into its own um yeah, just pretty much. It's one of those universal tools that whilst we've invented it for the electrical industry and I invented it for making downlights bigger, um, it's it's going to be used by so many people using every time they need to change something because everything nowadays is never the same size as whatever you're replacing, is it? No, it's not. That's one of the frustrations of lighting in general, isn't it? If you're swapping you know, from integrated LEDs to your GU10s, they're never the same footprint or size and trying to get stuff to fit the hole is an absolute nightmare. So having an e easy tool to solve that problem, this is where the best inventions come from. When you, you solve a problem you're faced with in your day-to-day -day life, as an electrician, there's going to be thousands of others with a, that exact same problem. Uh, and it's great. I've used the original variant for a long, long time. We have a few in the vans um, because it does fix a real pain in the backside issue. And um, I'm excited to try this one. I've not given this one a run out yet. It's kindly sent in by um, Super Rod, so Vanessa and Malcolm provided us with this to to give it a review. I wasn't sure on the actual launch date, so I've left it under wraps for now, but I assume having been asked to record this podcast, it means I can get on with putting it through its paces and seeing what it does. <laughs> That's it, yeah. I, I know it's imminent. Uh, I know we've had lots of lots uh, ma manufactured and they're, they're on their way over to the UK, um, and I believe it might be in CEF already, just a bit secretly. Um, okay. So, yeah. You could go and see if you can spot it, basically. Sounds interesting. So, I mean, 
before the link up with Super Rod, how was you distributing these? Was this something you were doing alongside your business through your business? How did that work before you got involved with Super Rod? So at the stage that I got involved with Super Rod, I'd had my prototype and I hadn't manufactured any to sell. Uh, it was one of those of, it was what everyone now calls a side hustle in that I was doing my day-to-day job in my spare time. I was looking at this, working out how I can do it, what I can do. Um, and because I luckily enough um, found the guys at, at Professional Electrician Magazine, they put me in touch with Super Rod really early. And I went and met Malcolm in London and we sat down. I showed him all the products. I had a video made showing me using the product and showed him what my whole idea ethos and the whole plan for it was. And before I'd even got to trying to make some and trying to distribute it myself and create the brand and everything like that, um, Malcolm loved the idea and sort of took it away and took it on board and created everything, come back to me. And we now have a, a lovely product on show, which um, they help with and do most of the work for, luckily. I mean, that's that's combining two bits of expertise in the right way, isn't it? You've kind of invented and created a product, but with no real access to a wholesale network or the manufacturing power of somebody like like super rod that link up makes a lot of sense and your experience is different to the last guest i had on um, wayne draper with the r1 r2 leads because he had gone through that process of trying to make these at his kitchen table and then distributing them through ebay and amazon and things like that trying to trying to grow um, his brand in that way so you had a bit of a jump start bumping into the right people at the right time. That's often what it all boils down to, isn't it? And the fact that the guys and girls at ProLec helped you with that is incredible. That's it. Yeah. It, it, they always say it's uh, it's who you know, not what you know, isn't it? And uh, Definitely the case. That certainly helped. It certainly gave me a jump start, saved me wasting lots of money trying to do my own thing. Because um, again, again it's, it works out the same way of um, you can either have 100% of a really small market or... Five percent of a of a large market, and just none of the headaches that go alongside. Yeah, none of the headaches that go alongside trying to make and distribute it yourself as well. So you know, it, it's great to see that you've had that growth, and um, this product, I'm sure, is going to be really popular. So yeah, it's it's great to see that you've had that opportunity provided to you from a link up with Super Rod, and that this product is now widely available in wholesale networks i will drop links in the description alongside this video for those of you wanting to go off and see where you can get these from and how much they retail for so you'll have an opportunity to buy them is there any kind of tips you'd have to other electricians who are out there watching this who might have an idea themselves or a, a tool in their kit a test lead whatever about how, how they can kind of develop that and then bring it to market um yeah right what I found is lots of people don't want to talk about their ideas because they're too concerned about people stealing it. You will get the odd bad apple, but 99% of people all want to help each other and they all want to work collaboratively. Um, everyone likes to give each other a chance. Everyone likes to help out. So, I mean, Superrod, for example, I don't know if, if you've mentioned it on any of your other podcasts of how they started in that Malcolm was working with his dad, who was an electrician, saw the problem and created the Superrod or a, a basic prototype of that um, whilst working with his dad and then approached a bigger company that helped him. So they helped and produced Superrod. So now he's the bigger guy helping all the, the smaller guys with their ideas. And that's how the whole the whole of his, his company is sort of based. Um, so 
I mean, the best people are always, I would say, super odd because he knows what we went through, what we're struggling with in terms of trying to get a, an idea made, marketed and all of that. Um, someone helped him, so it's his turn to help others. And I'm sure there'll be another generation doing exactly the same. So speak to the right people, look for the right people, but certainly super odds are there to help people. And that's kind of ties back in what we were talking about earlier for us as electricians, isn't it, where we get those battle scars and learn things in our day-to-day work lives. And Malcolm's been on that journey himself as a distributor, manufacturer, and retailer. So he's got all those scars. He knows how these things can work and he can help people like yourself who maybe don't have all that experience bring something to market on a mass scale. So that's that's a great tip. Um, and I would echo that as well. So if you have invented something in your test lead box, as electricians, we've all got these things that we we make to solve a problem and use day-to-day. And you might not consider it an invention, but share it, get it out there, because you never know, you might be able to solve a problem for many other thousands of people and not just yourself. No, exactly that. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things that I love seeing it. Every time I go into a shop or I go into CEF and I'm looking on this on their uh, ranges and making sure that my product's there. And if it's not, I'm always still telling them, bring that to the front. That one's important. Get that one to the front. Um, <laughs> I don't blame you whatsoever. And just to, to pull the conversation back a bit into kind of apprenticeships <laughs> and employing apprentices and things. You've had that experience yourself. It sounds like you did a, did you do a, a proper apprenticeship as we would term it after school? How did that work for you? Yeah, so I was lucky. Uh, I managed to get a proper apprenticeship. Um, so going to college one day a week, uh, working four days a week, uh, government funded. Um, so yeah, I was really lucky and I got a good uh, breadth of work there. because um, I worked for one company for the first half of it um, and they were 90% domestic. Um, and then halfway through, I changed companies, went to a big company, and they were predominantly commercial. Um, so, yeah, I was really, really lucky with my apprenticeship that taught me the basics of what I needed to know. Um, That's often part of the battle with people out working as apprentice electricians. You kind of do get pigeonholed in certain sectors, and it, mm-hmm. it's difficult to cover all of the different work roles off in one place. So the fact you um, had that opportunity yourself isn't as common as it should be, sadly. No, certainly not. Um, yeah, it's one of those as well. At the end of the apprenticeship, you think you know everything. And 12 years later, I can say I knew about 1% of what I needed to know. It's base camp, isn't it, at the end of the day? It gives you that that sound understanding of how things should work and be put together. But the rest is all experience and you know developing yourself, isn't it, over a long, long time? Yeah, it certainly is. Um, yeah, the amount of times that I thought, I don't know what I'm doing, I know what I'm doing. And then... I, I suppose one of the things that made me learn the most is being a being a business owner in front of a customer and then them just turn around and go why and when you work with someone you can just turn around and go i don't know speak to them but when you're the when you're running your own business customers going why doesn't that work or what's going on here and you're like uh back in half hour i will go and prove um that's where you learn when you're in the deep end it sure is, isn't it? The book stops with you and you've got to solve everyone's problems sometimes on the spot. It's a really difficult role to end up in. Um, and I think as part of your, our apprenticeship training, because such a lot of us end up as kind of small business owners mm-hmm. in a way, it might be worthwhile them including bits of that within the apprenticeship, at least the kind of rough understanding of kind of dealing with customers and basic accounting maybe. Yeah, I think so. I think that's certainly something that should be uh, handled in school, maybe even before 
yeah to apprenticeships is rough understanding of business rough, rough understanding of economics yeah i've got plenty of views on that <laughs> so in, in in kg electrical now do you have apprentices on the team or are you all fully qualified electricians what's it look like for you so we've we've generally found that uh the best people we can have are people that are sort of halfway through their training when they're looking for a new role um so they've got the basic understanding of being on site um and they they understand the basics of electrics um and the th key thing we really look for is actually their attitude to work someone could know everything but have a poor attitude i can't teach them attitude i can teach them electrics so we have found our best people are people that want to work um and they've got the basic understanding of being on site they've got the basic understanding of electrics um and we generally take them on and train them up uh our senior electrician at the moment is someone that's been with us about three and a half years and people look at him and they talk to him and like the new guys that come in it's like oh, he's, he's done amazing how long has he been doing it like 10 12 years no, three and a half years <laughs> it just shows with the right training you can you can you can get your knowledge 100%. you know what you're doing. everything you've just said there is exactly what i would echo as well it does all boil down to attitude we've said this loads on this podcast that you know, I'm, I'm not really that interested in what your qualifications might have been. They do play a small part, but it, it does all boil down to attitude and application at the end of the day. And it's great that you're giving people a chance to finish the training because there's loads out there who are struggling now where they've partway through apprenticeships or they've gone down the retrainee route and not been able to get over the line. So the fact that people like you are out there helping them over that finish line is fantastic. So full credit to you on that one. Yeah, thank you very much. And exactly, that. attitude shows everything. So the latest recruit we have is young guy. I think he's about eighteen. Um, he wanted a job and couldn't get a job. So uh, on a day off of, I think it was McDonald's or somewhere where he was working, printed out his CV and drove around to every local electrician around here and just knocked on their door. And I was just so impressed by the initiative of someone actually getting off their backside. Um, that. We kept his CV and as soon as we had an opportunity, we uh, gave him a call and said, look, you impressed us now. Here's your opportunity. And uh, yeah, it's just simple things like that. Just getting up and actually going to make some effort. That's amazing. And that is, you know, I, I sit here and tell people to go around wholesalers and drop their CVs on, get around all of your local electrical contractors visit them in person if you can um, and you've just proved that that works because it's actually happened so it's not just us saying it you know something to do and make an effort it does actually bring a reward for some people too that's it yeah you could tell that he was quite timid and quite shy when he came to see us but he knew what he had to do if he wanted a job and just the fact that he'd done that was brilliant for us it showed the initiative it showed his keenness to learn um so you've got to reward it. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's fantastic to hear that you've been able to make that work and, and you, the, what you're doing in the day job is, is booming. I'm really pleased for you. So what do you think is kind of next in terms of this launch of the new product and the business? Have you got plans for growth in the future? Are you going to venture into any other areas of the market with new inventions or new industries at the electrical coalface? What, what are your plans next? Uh, so our plans really are just to expand more and more into uh, the garden lighting area and garden power. Um, so some of the contractors that we're working with uh, in that sphere of the world are 
winning awards left, right and centre. So we're on some pretty prestigious projects um, on the commercial scale and some nice projects in, in, in domestic private gardens. Um, and there doesn't seem to be too much competition. So it's uh, we get a lot of electricians going, no, don't do it because you can't do it. It'll always fail. But if you do it right, it doesn't fail. So that's our main area for growth there is looking at that. Um, Business-wise, the other thing that we want to look at is getting some sort of service contracts in place. So main venture towards like the fire alarms or uh, BMS industries. Um, okay. Purely because at the moment we can do the emergency lighting, we can do the electrics for schools and hotels and hospitals and things like that. But then they need to get another contractor in to do fire alarms or to do BMS. Well, if we're a one-stop shop, then should hopefully be able to set up a nice service contract, which means that we know we've got guaranteed work, guaranteed income, and it gives us a base for growth. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a really good shout. I think contractors approach it in different ways around DICRs and even pat testing mm -hmm. and whatever. If you can find a, a niche way into some of these big commercial com customers, whatever angle you can take, um, tick the boxes for them and grow your business. That's all the better. And I, I really understand the point of view lots of electricians have around garden lighting. I've got the battle scars of things going wrong in the past because, you know, it's it's an area where you do, do need to make more consideration than just taking the most budget set of lights that the wholesalers have to offer and then connecting them through a whisker box filled with gel and hoping that everything works out for the best. And it sounds like you're involved in some very complex garden lighting yeah. projects. And I imagine it involves um, low voltage and not even main voltage and other things such as that. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, there's low voltage. Uh, they've got mains voltage. There's a, a private house that we've done. Uh, I say house. It's a very large house. Uh, um, he's got about 160 lights throughout his gardens. So wow. Was... Sounds like Blackpool Seafront. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, they're all minuscule lights. So it's all nice, small, ambient lights as well. So it's not like you're, you'd expect with 160 lights, you think, God, that's going to be bright. But it's not because it's because of the way the lighting's done. Um, it's all different beam angles. It's low levels of light. It's everything like that. So we took, we, yeah, we look at all of that. We've got waterproof connection boxes inside, waterproof connection boxes inside pits, which have got drainage underneath. So any and if a little bit of water is not going to get anywhere, it's going to be drained away. Um, but it's all sort of things like that that you've got to take into account. You've got to work with actual landscapers instead of just turning up once the landscaper's finished and gone, I've got your cable sticking out of the ground because that's inevitably going to fail. There's no drainage, there's no thought. Um, so yeah, it's about getting into those projects early on and working with everyone and it can all be done right and it can all work really well. That's exactly it. And I think when you're kind of doing the odd bit of garden lighting here and there, what you just said is exactly how it goes. You turn up and the cables are just sticking out the ground and you're trying to make it good. Sometimes, you know, you've got to even make holes in some of the, the patio paving and the decking because they've not been pre-cut. It can be an absolute nightmare. But when it's your day-to-day -day job and you're working on some very high-end bespoke systems, it's not going to be like that. You've got the experience and the skills and I bet it's really interesting as well, certainly around a lot of the smart controls I imagine are involved. That's it. It's, it's really interesting. And um, the effects that you can create um, just from lighting up nature is all you're doing. So one of my favourite things from this project that I mentioned, um, there is about a 300-year-old oak tree. And we've got some lights that wash up all the way through this oak tree and all the way under all the big plumage. And it just looks amazing. Um, awesome. and so many different effects that you can create.
Yeah, I mean, that's if you can light up somebody's garden to highlight something like a 300-year-old oak tree, that's that's incredible. Um, my garden's not quite so grand as that, and I've got basic <laughs> floodlighting in there. I'm not so lucky to have that big space, but it's one of those where I would love to have a, a really nice garden lighting system. Maybe one day I'll get round to it. I could make a bit of a better effort than just an old... 100 watt led light <laughs> <laughs> it's always the way it's one of those i go and do it all for my clients come back and look at my house and i'm just like no i want to do more for my house but at the same time i've done it all day i don't want to do it anymore <laughs> exactly right if anybody's following along with this podcast and you'd like to get in touch with kyle are you on um, social media i know you're on linkedin so i've found your profile is there any socials you'd like to highlight uh yeah so yeah we're on social media we're on instagram um on facebook they're the main ones that we use so instagram is really our portfolio um so yeah if you look if you're interested in garden light and following that um it's at kg underscore contractors i think but if you search for kg electrical we've got a uh a red and black logo um i couldn't find what the actual name is I'll drop links in the description to, to Kyle's socials alongside this video. So if you're wanting to go off and, and check them out and see exactly what they're up to and maybe find somewhere to fire in CVs if you're partway through your training and get to the top of the list for the next ones out. And I'll also share some links for the product so you can go off and read all about it and uh, find out where to buy it. Is there anything else you'd like to cover while we're chatting, Kyle? Uh, I think we've done well. I think we covered most areas. It's been a really nice chat. I've enjoyed talking to you. I'm I'm really pleased to see the success you've achieved and coming straight into business from an apprenticeship must have been a tough road. The fact you're still here and and fighting is full credit to you. And uh, yeah, just wishing you all the success in the world going forward with the things you're doing in the day job and your side hustle that has turned into something a bit more than a side hustle. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. No, that is brilliant. Uh, thank you for your time. No, thank you very much. And for everyone who's watching, if you've got any questions around this product or anything that we've discussed during the course of the podcast, please do drop them in below. And until the next time, we'll see you then. Bye now.